I had to go and get some outsider perspective from the Locked On Pac-12 podcast to talk about ASU's number one recruiting class. And I also had to ask him about the ASU U of A game that's on this Saturday. Let's talk about it on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, all you crazy, wonderful people, and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. This is my good friend Spencer McLaughlin, who knows everything about the Pac-12, and especially about the Oregon Ducks, who just had a heck of a win at Ooh. the earlier time of us recording Ooh, this. Yeah, that was something. That, that was something, let me tell you. That PAT would have given me PTSD on the spot but thankfully it went through the uprights for you but spencer thank you so much for tagging along we got some fun asu stuff to talk about today but before we get that far make sure that wherever you're getting your podcast you turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content and you can follow me for all of that content on twitter you can find me at richie brads 36 you can find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And Spencer, when can, where can the good people find you? At Smalls underscore 55 on Twitter. I also manage at LO underscore Pac-12 and at Locked on Ducks. But you can just hit up my personal handle if you would like. DMs wide open, as always, to tell me that I'm great or tell me that I suck. I like hearing all of it, frankly. Well, quite frankly, the people who tell you that you suck, just I don't even trust their opinions. <laughs> they might as well be U of A fans. Like, I just I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> How can I hear less from you? Is my question. <laughs> there's this have, mute. There's this mute button on Twitter. That's how. Dude, I had a U of A fan totally off topic, and I know we're live right now, but I had a U of A fan in one of my YouTube lives who was just like trashing me, and I'm like, I'm just gonna keep putting you in timeout because I don't know how to kick you out. It's like that old uh, SNL skit with Peyton Manning. You're, you know what? I I can't even look at you. Go sit and go sit exactly. in the porta potty. Go, go in the outhouse. Yeah. Shut the door. Shut. I didn't say you could come out. Yeah, amazing skit. All right, let's talk oh, football. Oh, man, yeah, let's talk some football. Uh, Spencer, according to On3.com, ASU has the number one transfer class in the nation. Per 24-7 sports, they have the number five. I don't know if you've been paying too much attention. There's 18 new players coming to Arizona State, and there's a lot of big names, with the biggest, of course, being Drew Pine from Notre Dame. But what's kind of your overall thoughts on what you've seen so far? Well, I, I think it's going to be an interesting case study in how much of a one-year turnaround can a head coach execute via the transfer portal at a non-traditional power. Because right, not we, watch, we watch Lincoln Riley do it at USC. We watch Kalen DeBoer do it at Washington. But Arizona State doesn't have a Pac-12 championship. Arizona State hasn't been to national championships. Arizona State hasn't been to a Rose Bowl or, well, yeah, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> they haven't been to a Rose Bowl or a New Year's Six game since you're going to have to be the historian for me on uh, that one. We haven't been to a Rose Bowl since 96. Yeah, 90, yeah 96. Okay, it's been, okay. That's I, was I was barely born. alive. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never happened. So, I think it's going to be an interesting case study in that sense. I, I think you have to be encouraged if you're Arizona State, though, because one unknown with Kenny Dillingham is he's 32 years old. He hasn't been a coordinator that long. He's only a play caller for one year. He's never been a head coach anywhere, right? 
this is the first time he will be the head coach. And a legitimate question to ask is, well, how are you going to be able to acquire talent? Because you don't have an amazing reputation as a recruiter. Dante Moore probably would have stuck with Oregon if he had hung around with the Ducks. Sure. But a lot of great offensive players continue to stay committed to Oregon even after he left and his you know profile as a recruiter when he got to the Ducks I think it got elevated by Oregon uh, at least a little bit it, it wasn't terrible but it was you know so-so is middling it was like oh, it's okay we just don't know that much about that guy because he hasn't been around college football for that long but when you look at what's happening in the transfer portal here and not just the volume but the quality of players that he is attracting as a head coach of this program now I think it has to leave you optimistic if you're Arizona State because you look at the guys he's bringing in you're like well wait a minute these are coming from power five schools or these are you know uh, somewhat highly coveted FCS prospects like there's a lot of players here and bringing in talented guys who have a chance to contribute right away is part of the new era of college football so it's good to know you won't be left behind in, in that sense number one and, and then number two the fact that he's able to attract the sort of players that other power five schools would be interested in there are a lot of guys on this list who probably had other power five offers or had a other power five interests or who could go to other places within the pac-12 and, and play frankly drew pine could have gone to cal he, he, he could have gone there drew pine could have gone to probably any a number of big 10 schools but he opted to go to arizona state and i think that's testament to how kenny dillingham's putting the program on the map and getting kids' attention and getting people's attention and suddenly having them, you know, wondering what will happen at Arizona State. And that's always a good thing for your program. 100%. And something to remember for for the people that are maybe a little more, like, careful about the way they go about it. Because I, I've been very clear on record that I am very excited and probably a little more optimistic than I should be, uh, maybe missing a little bit of realism. But Dillingham was regarded as a very good recruiter and it, it's going to be an interesting case study now that he's the face of the of the of the college now he's no longer the offensive coordinator who's trying to get guys and like you said you know a lot of the guys who were going to Oregon didn't flip their commitment at least on the offensive side of the ball to Arizona State and that's definitely noteworthy for what it's worth, I also would prefer to stay going to Oregon than I would Arizona State if I'm an offensive player. But there's a chance for Dillingham to turn that around. He's definitely been talked about as a really good recruiter. It's just going to be, like you said, a matter of how quickly can he rebuild a program's image and rebuild them up. And the transfer name, image, and likeness. Very, what's that? <clears throat> name, image, and likeness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I did say that to say that you know NIL was going to be a feature of the rebuild or anything. Just you know, I was I was just making an offhanded joke of you know rebuild it's, their image, like got to rebuild the got to rebuild the name and likeness of Arizona. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, now now it's all coming together. Yeah, yeah. you sly dog. Yeah, that joke didn't land as much as I initially thought, but I had to take I had to take the chance. It's okay. It's it is about eleven o'clock at night Mountain Time for us, so. It's uh, it, it's it's been a long day for everybody, and especially <laughs> yeah. for the Oregon fan that had to go through the heart attack that he had to aye, go through. Yeah, that was. Uh, but we but, but talking about Arizona State, like it's it's going to be like you said, a fascinating experiment to see whether or not 
a program that's not a blue blood college program like Washington or USC, how quickly the transfer portal can turn around their fortunes. Because, I mean, USC and Washington went right back to being the darlings of the Pac-12 in one year with new head coaches. Is Arizona State a team that's going to be able to do that? We don't really know yet. So interesting case study, like you said. Yeah, I, 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 just, just to wrap up on, on that, I don't think that it should be an expectation. I, I think it is an interesting question, as we've said. But if you're Arizona State, you should expect improvement with all the new players coming in. I don't think you should expect getting back to you know where Arizona State has been at its best in the last 10, 15 years, which is a perennial 8-10 to 10 game winner in, in college football and contending for a title in the Pac-12 South or getting the championship game now that divisions are obsolete and, and all that sort of thing. I don't think that's a realistic expectation, but improvement with, with the, the amount of talent that they're bringing in the portal here, yeah, should absolutely be expected. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, basketball, and more. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now at BetOnline, where the game starts. And as always, make sure that you guys are checking out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as your second listen of the day. The biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's hop back into what you were just saying there, Spencer. And that's talking about the expectations about Arizona State. And how being that 8-10 to 10 win team competing for a spot in the Pac-12 championship game isn't realistic in year one. 100% agree. In fact, the expectation in year one should just to be competitive, whether that's, you know, being a bowl game or look at what just happened in the U of A. They were a five and seven team this year. That was fun to watch, came to play every week and built a lot of confidence for your program moving forward. That should be what Arizona state is looking to do this year is just to get back to a point where people can actually stay invested in your game for 60 minutes. Yeah, and you, you touched on a great word to describe Arizona this year. They were 5-7, and seven, but they were interesting. They, they, they were interested. It felt like they had some momentum, and it was because they utilized the transfer portal, they recruited well, Jay and they Moore. had a really good offseason. Their offseason so far this year, I'm sure the delight of ASU fans, is not quite as strong as it was wow. a year ago, at least at this point in time. There's still a ways to go before the second signing day and then the second transfer portal period in, in the spring. So I think that that's a great place for Arizona State fans to be at mentally is we got to just be interesting. You know, Trenton Borgay was a, was a fun story at times, right? Former walk-on, out there starting, making plays. He beats, he, he beats Washington. He's from Tucson. Like, that, that's fun, but yes. fun is different than interesting. And yes. what you're looking for when you bring in this sort of talent, when you bring in this sort of coach, is market improvement. And that's what Arizona showed this year. It really is a great comparison for Arizona State this year. They were a one-win team, 
last year. They were a five-win team this year. They were much better. They still, I think, showed they have a ways to go to be competitive because their defense was putrid. However, their offense, good enough to win five games with a bad defense. And if you had just an average defense, like if you paired Arizona's offense with like Cal's defense this year, which was middle of the pack, no pun intended. Well, maybe a little. Uh, yeah, then you would have a team that is probably an eight to nine, eight to nine win team. But Arizona isn't there yet. But that's okay because they understand that it's a rebuild. It's yes. process. These things take time. You also have to have the stars aligned to have a really, really successful college football season in more ways than one. So for Arizona State, I think when you bring in Kenny Dillingham, and, and Drew Pine, you're going to look on the offensive side of the ball first. But I would look for improvement. I would look for players who could, you know, be starters on a good team a year or two down the line. Maybe some young players. You know, they have, uh, I think, 11 prep commits, you know, from, from the high school ranks, which is like the old school way of recruiting. Am I right? And, you know, look for a couple of those guys to be contributors, to be players. And, and look for those sorts of things throughout the season to make you feel optimistic about where they're going into into the future beyond 2023 but i do think with drew pine and kenny dillingham there it needs to start on the offensive side of the ball and that tends to be in the modern day of football the easiest side to fix first yes and thankfully asu when they finally realized what their strengths were on the offense were able to put points up on the board and at least at that point in time they were fun to watch offensively now you're bringing in a young offensive mind who's being highly regarded uh to potentially take that next step for you. And Sean Aguano, for what it's worth, is still on the roster. He's still going to be helping advise and all that good stuff. Somebody ask me about Sean Aguano. Dude, are you going to keep Sean Aguano? Yes, we're going to keep Sean Yes, we're keeping Sean Aguano. That's a great moment. That's a great moment. It's hard to stand out in a press conference and really win people over more than the traditional, we're going to change things, we're going to be better, right. we're going to do this, this, and this. That was like, okay. This guy loves Arizona State, and that oh, means dude, I was sold. Like the yeah. moment that happened, if I wasn't sold already, I he did that, and I was like, "This is this is a guy who cares about the program." Right. You're really right. excited about what he's going to bring for you moving forward. So, but it is going to be a work in progress. I I can't emphasize enough. I almost say this more for me than I do the listeners. Is I'm really excited about Kenny Dillingham, and I have to remind myself to slow down because this is going to be a project. Yes, I could see an 8-9 win season, but that's also me being a very excited Arizona have you State looked fan. at the have you have have you dude, looked at what brutal. the Pac-12 is going to be next year? Dude, it's it'll be The Pac-12 is a gauntlet and a half. Oregon State's now got DJ Uyunglele. Yes, Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix are coming back for Oregon and Washington. Potentially oh, by the way, Cam Ward. The Heisman Trophy winner is still there. Cam Ward, I believe, is going to come back for Washington State. Cam Rising could potentially come back for Utah. That one is up in the air at this point yes. in time. But yes, like, and Utah, by the way, let's say Utah pulls back. They're never bad. They're not going to no. have some massive, like, they were bad They're, this year, and they won the championship. Exactly. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were bad. Quote unquote. Some quote of unquote. us, <laughs> moi, never sold our Utah stock, even as they lost games and people wrote them off. I was like, I'm telling you, this is still a good football team. I'm telling you, this is still a good football team. And lo oh, and behold, yeah. they uh, they won the they won the conference again. Funny how that works. Yes, it it's going to be a process. And again, to your point, the Pac-12 A looks like a gauntlet and B like Colorado is going to be one. Of, like, is Colorado going to be bad? 
I don't know. You would think they have to be, right? But, but they're adding talent. They're adding legitimate talent in the portal. They've picked up a couple talented recruits. Like they're at least going to be better. They're not going to be a doormat. I know that. Right. I think the I think the right now, the worst team in the Pac-12 going into 2023 right now as everything stands is are the California Golden Bears. No, it's not close. Yeah, I I that is the they program don't even have that, a quarterback right now. Exactly. That is the program I have no optimism about or or no positive spin. Everyone else has got something. Arizona, yes. another year for Jaden Delora in the system. Cam Ward, another year at the Power 5 FBS level. They do have to find a new offensive, offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator, as Arizona State knows, which might make it tough. Washington, Penix is back. Oregon State, upgrades at quarterback, which was their only weakness this year. Oregon has got Bo Nix coming back. He was playing at a Heisman level. Another like, year for just, keep, just keep going up and down. Nothing's going to be easy. And I think you do have to manage your expectations yes. around that reality. Like it's not going to all happen for ASU in 2023. If it does yes. give Dilly a lifetime contract. Exactly. And that's, that's something really, really, but that's important. not the expect that, that that's, that, that shouldn't be an expectation. Not at all. hundred percent. And I love that we went into detail about that. Now I know there's going to be some people that are like, well, can we talk about ASU again? Well, this is important to talk about because with someone like me, who is excited, and I know there's other people who are probably even crazier about Kenny Dillingham than I am, if that's even possible. Yeah, These are important things to remember. The Pac-12 is having a bit of a renaissance right now. And Arizona and State USC is And USC and UCLA are going to ruin it all. Yep, those rat although, somethings. Although, although here, here's the caveat to that. So, on the one hand, they're going to make the conference less formidable but the league still has the potential to be competitive. But I think it's great for Arizona State and a couple other programs in the league that now the pack, whatever it ends up being, is going to have a void. Because USC, though they haven't been you know, what they were in the early 2000s, under Clay Helton until they bottomed out, went 4-8, and eight, they were still good. They weren't great, but they were good. UCLA has had good years. They've had down years as well, but Chip Kelly knows how to win in college football. So... I don't think they'll ever be bad again. They might not be great like this uh, again under his tutelage, but without those two there, there's going to be a void. And let's say the Pac-12 expands, adding like San Diego State and UNLV or Fresno State. Okay, now you have the top tier of teams, which is Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington. But there's room to climb there, and it's yes. easier to climb in a league that's got Fresno State and San Diego State than one that has USC and UCLA. So that's the yes. that's the upside of them leaving. There are more downsides overall because 2023 is going to be like the greatest year of the Pac-12 ever. I mean, it's it's going to be unbelievable. It's it's going to be biblical in terms of Pac-12 success. Like it's it going to be it's going to be awesome. The storylines are just everywhere. Yes. They are returning Heisman winner, returning veteran, prolific quarterbacks, Coach Prime at Colorado, Utah, the quietest two-time Pac-12 champion ever. Ever. No respect uh, to, for them. They're the quietest two-time conference champion ever, man. Yes. Like, they just they just shut up and go about their business and win a bunch of football games. That's Kyle all they Whittingham's do. Kyle a top-five coach in college. You cannot convince me otherwise. 18 years he's been there, and he's had, I think, two losing seasons. Two. Kanye West would be proud of those 18 years. All right. Now we're off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good song. It's a, it's, it's an oldie, but a goodie. 
Isn't that sad to say about a Kanye song? <laughs> Anyways, we we could we could just keep going on and on and on about the pack. We got We got We got to ditch this. Yes, exactly. Let's <laughs> let's go ahead and switch gears in just a moment. Real quick though, you're hanging out with your friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many, and as the evening starts to come to a close and people start to head out and make their way for home. You think about calling for a ride, but no, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll be pulled over anyway? And even if if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everybody knows the risks about drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. And as always, guys, one more time, make sure that you are checking out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Make it your second lesson of the day. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions for anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Now, Spencer, we've been talking football for a long, long, long time. The one thing that we have not talked about, me and you specifically, at least if we have, it's been a very minuscule amount, is basketball. And bowl season is still going on. Transfers are still going. We still have the ramifications of signing day. And there, there, there's always going to be football talk. And one of the things that I remember talking to you about before we started the podcast was it feels like we can't like fully invest ourselves in basketball for quite a while because there's just there's going too to much be juice. Non-stop. There's too much juice on the football side, man. Transfer portals, nuts, signing it day, is. bowl game. Like, it's just there's just so much there. But, but I'll tell you what, those Arizona State Sun Devils have had themselves quite a little run this year, starting off the year 11-2. and two, They had a nine-game winning streak before getting absolutely roasted and toasted by San Francisco. Roasted, but, toasted, blasted, annihilated, yeah. run out of the gym. We could keep going on you descriptions of going. that game. Taken behind the wood I tell you, check. that was one of the most bizarre college basketball games it was in insane. the regular season I've ever seen because... Like I, I understand losing the game. USF was a tournament team last year. They've been really good in the WCC for quite a while. Anyone who follows that league, as I do, I, I, I went to school in that conference, so not at that Nerd. at that particular school, so I, I know it pretty well. But it wasn't that they lost the game; it was how they lost the game. Yeah, like that's how bad teams lose games. But they the lost it. Ejected and the whole nine yards. It was weird. That, that's that's the only way you can describe that game. It's just it's an outlier. It's one of those games you look at and go, "All right, write it off. On to the next one, and let's just goldfish it and move on." And there's no better way to do that than to play the number five U of A Wildcats this Saturday. That that's right, New Year's Eve, noon at Wells Fargo Arena in Tempe. Be there or be square, Sun Devil fans. I am going to attempt to be there as a as a fan, not as a media member. I would like to go there and enjoy my fan experience when we play the number five U of A Wildcats. But Spencer, what are your general overall thoughts for ASU getting ready to hop into conference play for the remainder of the year? For what it's worth, they're 2-0. and 
but their two wins are Colorado and Stanford who were lower on the, on the spectrum compared to a U of a. It's an opportunity for Arizona state to legitimize their non-conference slate because you go 11 and two and it looks really good. You're in the top 25 an embarrassing loss. And then you fall out of it. And now there's that question of wait, so what is this team? Was that a fluky start? Was it a week non-conference? Was it like what, 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 what happened here? But they beat a couple of Pac-12 foes, so they're you know at the very least competent. But is this a tournament team? I think you can learn a lot about a college basketball team at this point in the year based on how they perform in these sorts of games. And I don't think to feel good about how the rest of their season outlook is is projecting. Arizona State has to win this game, but you're at home. You're against a really good team, the best in the Pac-12, I think, by by far. Though UCLA is very good. I like Arizona better. I, I just do. I feel like UCLA sometimes is missing Johnny Juzang a lot, but Tiger Campbell's really good. But you're playing the best team in the conference. They're coming in number five. They're your crosstown rival. You got them at home. You got to put up a fight here because if you go out and lay an egg, it's going to demoralize the students. It's going to demoralize the players, and it has the potential to roll over not just to you know the end of this game if it doesn't go their way, but into the next game as well. And that's what you have to try and avoid. And it's a tough thing to do as a coach. It, it really is. So I, I think with that USF lost, it lost still ringing in the back of their minds, this is a chance to come out and show that was the fluke. The first you know 10 or so games when we got in the top 25 was not the fluke. And you have a chance to really proclaim themselves as a contender in a Pac-12 that frankly doesn't look very strong right now. No, 100%. And U of A is definitely just completely in a class of their own, not just in the Pac-12, but they are, as of right now, one of the one of the best teams in the country, averaging 90 points a game, playing good defense, shooting well all over the court. Doesn't matter if it's deep or anything within or inside Gonzaga the Gonzaga South. Those. Yeah, they are, there they you are, go. They are Gonzaga South. There you they, go. They've got Gonzaga's old assistant. They play like Gonzaga. Their players produce like Gonzaga players. It's very reminiscent, but they've got a high recruiting. But I mean, Gonzaga can recruit high-level players now, I should say. so. But so can Arizona. I think Tommy Lloyd's really good. Let me ask you this. If ASU doesn't win this game, but they make it close, is there a moral victory here? Yes, 100%. And that is not a, a testament to where I feel Arizona State could go this year, but more of how good I feel about Arizona. Arizona right. would have been a Final Four team last year, and they lost a lot of talent, sure, but everybody's had to reload in college basketball. Tommy Lloyd is that caliber of coach. They ran into a really experienced veteran coach in Kelvin Sampson at Houston, a team that would have been a top seed in the tournament, or a top two or three seed at the very least, had they not had injuries earlier in the year that was freaky athletic and also – really well coached because they had a really good one. So I think Lloyd is excellent. And I think Arizona is the creme de la creme in the Pac-12 to this point. And I think that will play itself out by the time the year comes to a close. But if you're Arizona State, there is such a thing as a moral victory. But if that happens and you don't get the actual victory, you got to carry it over and win the next one, no matter who it's against, or else the moral victory is lost. Which in this case would be Washington State. 
Yeah, and you got Yeah, you got to win. You got to win that game. Yeah, you yeah. got to. Yeah. So if, if you lose this game close, you beat Washington State. Feel good about where you're at. Three and one in conference play. Play Arizona tight. Double digit wins at this point in the season. Good place to be. But if you lose this game and then get upset by Washington State, right. then you start to ask questions. Yes, and I think that's pretty much where I'm at with this team. You shouldn't go into this with the expectation of blowing the doors off of U of A and beating them by 20. You should go into the expectation of we've played tough this year. We've played good teams this year. Like it's not the greatest non-conference schedule in the world, but yeah, you've had like Michigan and yeah, they've had some, like yeah, they've, yeah, yeah, they've had, they've had some, they have had enough solid opponents to where when they were sitting, it was a nine and one or something, 10 and one. They were in yes. the top 25. That's a good yeah. place to be. They've played enough solid teams to where if they go through conference play and they have a high level of success and a good winning percentage in a power five, they can get an at-large come March. Yes. We'll wait and see. I'm really excited about this game. I'm hoping that they'll be able to make a game out of it. I know that Spencer will be tuning into the game and he'll be tuning into the rest of the Pac-12. So Spencer, thanks for hopping on. As always, my friend, number one friend of the podcast, where can the people find you one more time? You are so very welcome, as always, at Smalls underscore 55 on Twitter, and I host Locked On Pack 12 and Locked On Ducks every weekday. Took a couple of days off for the holidays because, you know, of course, holidays of course. and such. But YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts, always a pleasure to come on and talk to the great people of Tempe. There you go. That'll wrap up this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Tune in tomorrow as I break down the final preview for Arizona State against U of A. It's going to be a big one. I don't know if we get the win, but I do hope and believe we can make it a close game. Make sure you show up, you guys. Hashtag activate the Valley. Until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun